Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host Calder Ness. This is episode 274. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. Dial-H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, Simeon Bruce. What is going on? You know, a lot of people say that Nebraska is a flyover state. And? Oh, no, that's something people say. <laughs> I'm not saying well, they're wrong. Oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. It's good to know. I mean, everybody kind of figures, you know, after all that kind of losers. So, uh, we like to start each week with what made us happy. Simeon, give it to us. What made you happy this week? Made me happy was uh, thanks to Labor Day, I was able to get all my hero clicks for the most part organized, put away, stacked in boxes. I like to use those card boxes. One of my good friends uh, turned me on to using the the card collecting boxes that uh, hobby shops carry, and you can fit a lot of hero clicks in those. So that's how I break it up. I break it into set. I put them in the box from you know one to whatever number I've collected to, um, and so they're all stacked up against my wall, all nice, and I'm ready for. X-Men, the animated series. So I used to have like a million of those cardboard boxes when I bought all those Heroclix down in uh, Kansas City last year. And I think I have like two or three left. One is actually, it has all of my cards in it. Like right now, for like every single set, every Heroclix I ever have, it's in one of those card boxes, which kind of puts it in perspective how like much room these miniatures take up and how many cards they take up like pretty much zero space. And then uh, the other ones I like trashed or I turned them into like shipping boxes. I never even I never even thought of using those for storage. Kind of a missed <laughs> yeah, opportunity so now. With AI, um, if you if the listeners know what I'm talking about with these boxes, when AI came out, I had to remove all but one of the inserts. Um, yeah, I removed all but one of the inserts, and I think I could fit. I want to say like seven of the colossals in a box. Mm. And if you have duplicates, you can fit more in like one slot. But if you want it to look nice, you can only fit seven. And so for AI, granted, I don't have all the colossals, but it took two boxes, two of the 5,000 card boxes for just the colossals and then another one for the single base figures. So I'm assuming X-Men's going to be at least double that. Ooh. Ooh. Have I'm like hundred sentinels. <laughs> I'm too. I'm too excited for X Men, and yet I'm not gonna buy any of it because this next week is gonna kill my wallet. What made me happy this week though was the South Dakota State Fair was this weekend. It's great. Um, so going to South Dakota State Fair is really crazy because uh, it's a small state, so you see a ton of people you know because you kind of know that also everybody's going to it as well. So. Uh, but it was great fun uh, hanging out with the family, just walking around. You know, it's one of those places you go to so many times, you just totally know the layout by heart. You go, 
you go get some chocolate milk from the dairy booth. You know, you walk around the women's building, the technology building, you check out all the booths inside, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to buy any of this stuff. It all looks like garbage, but I sure do enjoy walking around the state fair. And then you eat just terrible, terrible, terrible food like Chislick. It was actually pretty good. And then I had pork tenderloins wrapped in bacon. And that was pretty, pretty awesome, actually. It was really good. So, yeah, just had a great time at the fair. No news this week, uh, but instead we are going to be doing a dive into the X-Men set. I know, I feel like we've been diving into the X-Men set quite a bit lately, but what we're doing is a little bit of Worlds Prep. The Heroclix World National Champion and the Team Championship is going to be a sealed event this year. Me and Simeon have the wonderful opportunity of being on a team together, not just showing up to events and having to play each other anyways, because why not? Instead, we're actually going to be on a team with good old Devin from Happy... Oh, did I just give away our our secret strategy? Should I cut that out of the show? Oh, no. Yeah, you they just know who our gave away our, our linchpin in our oh, team. Now they know. Yeah, they're going to watch the C all player. his videos. He's going to be the... No. <laughs> like, I'm exactly going to pull this, and this is how I'll exactly play it. Now you know how to totally counter me, because I can totally guarantee my polls. No, Sealed's totally random, which is, well, mostly random. So we're going to go ahead and go choose our... Our top sealed pick for uncommon common. Uh, we're just I'm mushing those together because I couldn't find a ton of great stuff, which kind of kind of feels like cheating. Our top sealed pick for rare, our top sealed pick for super rare, and then our top sealed pick for colossal overall. Since most super rares are pretty much pull 'em you play 'em, I didn't feel like we totally needed to include those in top sealed picks. So Simeon, give us the give us the intro music to this first. <laughs> Let's get some X Men. Yeah. No, 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 no. Is that how the theme song goes? No, no, no. This is how the song goes. There's things happening. Lightning. I think that's how it goes. That's the lyrics to it. Lightning. Words. Giant names running at each other. Explosions. Title card. Yeah, they perfected the MCU. Oh, they did. Like visual sweep where they're all running to like the angle. They perfect that, you know. That's right. Before Civil War, there was Brotherhood running down the Xavier School. Bub. Bub. Oh, you're just Xavier School. (laughs) Bub. Wolverine says Bub. That's an X Men reference. All right. uh, Most powerful. You want to hit us off with your common slash uncommon figure sealed pick. Pick for sealed. All right. So. Assuming you don't get one of the primes, because I think uh, either of the primes is definitely a must-play in sealed. Not only does I, I think on average takes at least five hits to KO it. Um, so assuming that that's not something that you pulled, because you should play it if you pull it. My top sealed pick for uncommon is number zero two three A, which is Sabretooth, real name Graydon Creed Senior. Don't remember that, but uh, he's got the Brotherhood of Mutants team ability, zero range. He comes in at 75 points, which is a little stout. You know, that's that's a quarter of your build right there. But he's got the Brotherhood of Mutants keyword. He's got Weapon X. He's got Animal, Assassin, Brute, Monster. Um, if you can make theme in this set, it's going to be either Brotherhood, X-Men, Robot, uh, maybe Monster, if you have, like, a really small theme. Um but the main reason I'm saying this guy is my, my top uncommon pick 
is he starts with a 10-speed movement. On that 10-speed, he's got a special movement, which is Charge, Flurry, Stealth. He ignores Elevated and Hindering, so most maps aren't going to be a problem for him. Uh, he's got two traits. He's got when he takes damage from an opponent's attack, after resolutions, you roll a d6. On a 4 through 5, you heal him one click. On a 6, you heal him two clicks or remove an action token from him. And if you do that number 6, it kicks in his other trait, which is once per turn, when an effect other than clearing removes action tokens from Sabretooth, after resolutions, heal him one click. So on a 6, you can either choose to heal him two clicks or you can remove an action token and heal him one click uh, because his other trait. So he's got a little bit of staying power. But the big thing is he's got that flurry with a 12 attack blades top dial. Uh, he's in Dom, which is always lovely to see in sealed. I, I think this guy is just a standout piece. Uh, if they don't hit him for, let's see, he's got one, two, three, four, five. They have to hit him for six damage or he's going to stay around. And if they only hit him for three, he's going to go back to a 12 attack where he's got battle fury, which just makes him even stronger. That's what I like about that guy. Okay, awesome. No, Sabretooth <laughs> is a beast. Uh, Charge Flurry is nothing to scoff at. I really like him a lot. My uncommon pick is Cyclops. Despite the fact that Scott uh, has less personality than a wet paper napkin, uh, he is still an amazing sealed pick. So any, I think any person with running shot pen blast uh, should instantly go on a team. Besides the fact that he also outranges all of the standard size characters. I believe he outranges every standard size character. There's eight range, one bolt. It's only 70 points. He only has one keyword, which is X-Men. He also has leadership, which to me is huge in in, uh, in battles like this. If you are going to be taking down a big, beefy, sentinel, juggernaut, phoenix, whatever, you need to take as many actions per turn as you can. So honestly, as soon as I pull a figure with leadership, it's pretty important. I kind of put him in the, like, for sure, I want to put this character on a team. So running shot, pen blast, leadership, and also a lot of willpower. Only only drawback is figures. He's 70 points, and he has really nothing to protect him he's he's total glass cannon he helps your team sure but like man there's no reducers there's no rollouts it's it's a tough fig to run unless maybe if you pull a gene you can get his defense bumped up he does have a nice 18 defense but i like the offensive capabilities of cyclops yep willpower over half his dial so yep good to go there um yeah sealed environment is really a numbers game most of the time, it's do you have good stats, especially in this set? Uh, not a lot of perplex in the last set. No. Uh, Avengers, Black Panther, Illuminati, there was so much perplex that even bad figures could be good. But in this set, not a lot of perplex going around, not a lot of prob going around. So having that 11 attack, having that leadership to get four attacks in in a turn, it's really going to help you. Should we move on to our rare Yes, I picks? think we should. I think the awkward silence was in uh, indicative of that. Jeez. Well, sorry, that, that was case, a little bit uh... too sad. That was a bit too much there. <laughs> hit us, hit us My with your rare. My rare pick was uh, number zero three zero Bastion. He's a uh, no team ability, six range, one bolt. Comes in at 125 points. Ooh. He's got the Sentinel and Robot keyword. So. This guy, you would hopefully be playing with one of your 2 by 2s That's really good. He's got traded leadership. Uh, when he uses it, if he succeeds, instead of the normal effect, you can generate a friend of humanity. 
If he's adjacent to three or more, you can then generate the Sentinel instead. That's not going to happen in Sealed unless you... I mean, you'd have to open more than two boosters, in my opinion. I don't think you're going to get three Friends of Humanity and a Sentinel to sideline. Um, Then he has one other trait, nothing else special about him other than this other trait. Once per turn, when an opposing bystander is KO'd, you may roll a D6 on a 4 through 6, generate the same bystander in the square the opposing bystander last occupied. These bystanders you generate modify combat values plus 1 and have max 1. So, um, and sealed, this probably won't get pulled off as much as you'd like. But if it does, especially if it's that uh, the Cyclops head from the Cyclops Sentinel that pops out. It's got a 12 attack Pensai and sidestep. Uh, it could have a 13 attack Night Pensai. 13, yeah. And that'd be bonkers. Imagine uh, uh, pulling a chain and then ruining their day. I mean, he still only has, like, <laughs> it would be like, what, a 10 attack? But still, potentially ruining yeah. their day in one turn. That'd be hilarious. And then, uh, so his starting dial is really the only thing you want to look at because he just kind of, it's kind of rough as it goes. Are you saying he falls off a little bit? Just a tad. Yeah, his his last two clicks have nine attack, two damage. But his top dial, he's got impervious, he's indom, he's got flight, he's got eight speed with running shot, pensai, and the ever-elusive perplex. So you can give him a 12, you can drop your opponent down to, you know, maybe an 18 or a 19 or, I don't know what their crazy defense is going to be, but you can can make it lower. Right on. My rare pick, I had to go with random. I think in a set like this where it's really, really going to be tough to take down some of those Colossals, being able to pick a power is going to be huge. Besides that, I think he has great mobility. Uh, for 100 points, he has 6 range, 1 bolt. He doesn't have great keywords. I mean, you might pull off Brotherhood of Mutants uh, theme team. That would be, like, best case scenario. Uh, he can shoot while base, which is awesome. He has Indomitable, which is huge. Uh, his one trait is really important to him. He's shape change free, choose a standard attack power. Random can use that power until your next turn. So he has no attack power his entire dial. His sidestep his entire dial. His defense is super wacky with impervious toughness and whatever. Like, it's just kind of flip-flops all over the place. Um, his damage powers, he gets range combat expert, perplex, and power. Like, he kind of kind of picks it up randomly. Oh, wow, it's so funny you said random. It's the name of the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. It, it is randomly kind of felt like it designed. But being able to choose uh, Pulse Wave whenever you want, or Energy Explosion, or Pen Blast, or Precision Strike, or whatever, is not so random. It's actually super awesome to have that in your toolbox. The kind of part about Sealed is that you really can't prepare for whatever you can play and what your opponent's going to play because you just literally have no idea with random you have a chance to uh you can adapt more i would say the adaptability to no matter what matchup it's going to be even if it's just attack power you know it still has great adaptability for this team so i think random if you pull them heavily think about uh trying to make a team uh with him for sure yeah also tk and poison could also like you know be oh, yeah. huge um especially against a lot of these one like single base figures no reducers so being able to poison through their defense um or you know the mobility of being able to like sidestep and tk one of your buddies out that'd also be great right on all right moving on to the super rares I already talked about my number one pick for the Super Rare, so I'm not going to revisit it. But shout out to Legion, um, the title character. He can 
you know, turn one, pick two powers. Um, his plus one is you pick two powers, your opponent like says which one you actually get to use. And then his minus four is he just gets every single power, uh, except Earthbound and Battle Fury. So right. he's crazy solid and sealed. Um, so since I'm not going to talk about him, which I already did, I'm going to talk about Spiral instead. Number 014. She's got Brotherhood of Mutants team ability. Range 4 with 3 lightning bolts. Not sure how good that's going to be, but we'll see. She comes in at 80 points. She's got the Brotherhood of Mutants keyword, Freedom Force, Mojo Verse, Celebrity, Mystical. Her dial is one of those cool uh, symmetrical dials where the first two clicks are reversed and they're the last two clicks as well. Um, almost the last two clicks. Her damage goes down by one, but... They almost got it. They tried. Um, <laughs> she's got one trait. Uh, it's the same where when she clears an action token, she heals one click as long as it's not uh, clearing from like the end of your turn. If it's leadership or Brotherhood of Mutants team ability, one of those things, she heals one. She starts with a speed power, which is interdimensional talent scout. She's got phasing teleport, plasticity. When Spiral uses Phasing Teleport and moves five squares or less after resolutions, she can use both Incapacitate and TK at no cost in any order. So you could phase. Uh, you can only phase five squares, but it's like a pseudo running shot or charge, I guess. And then you can use Incap with that four range three targets, which is pretty good on its own. Uh, Incap with three targets. Uh, and then for TK, you can TK a heavy at somebody. Uh, you could TK a friendly up. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. Mid-dial, her middle three clicks, she gets change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. She gets perplex and prob control. Um, you don't want to be on these clicks because you always want to be top dial with a figure. But she's got flurry, blades, and then this perplex probability control. So if you do get hit to this, you know, fear not. You've got perplex and prob, so your opponent might be uh, hurting next turn just because of that alone. Um, I picked her because she's a good tie-up piece. Plasticity is going to, you know, anything that's not colossal-sized will have to stop when it's next to her in this set. Um, then she's got two rollouts, her top dial, and two rollouts, her bottom two clicks as well. She's got shape change and super senses. So as long as they don't have an outwit or battle fury, you you should be safe. You got like a something around like a 66% chance of rolling out. It's not exactly 66% chance, but we'll pretend like it is because I don't want to do math. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, I like Spiral a lot. I think she's really cool. I uh, I love tie-up pieces. I love shape change super senses. So it works. Were you for me. hoping? Here's here's a question off topic. Were you hoping when you saw like the spiral sculpt? for a dial reminiscent of the Wolverine and the X-Men one with the teleportation discs? No, the thing was dumb and stupid. I hated that. Not a fan. <laughs> I was I was hoping she would be cool, uh, and she is cool. She's great, you know? A little phasing, a little in-cap, that's great. Charging across the map into my starting area. <laughs> Sorry. Is, uh, it's not as great. Not as fun of a feeling uh, for me, personally. So... <laughs> Ugh, bringing up some bad memories. Bad memories. <laughs> oh, goodness. I gotta wash that away from my brain. All right. My super pick is Archangel. I freaking love this Archangel. I loved him as soon as I uh, 
as soon as he was previewed, I mean, it was awesome. So 100 points, he's 5 range, kind of sucks having 5 range. He's flight, indom, running shot, pen blast. Kind of seeing a theme here, kind of like running shot, pen blast, almost like it's a, it's a nice combo or something. He has invulnerability, 18 defense. He has 3 damage his entire dial. Uh, I really like his obsession trait. At the beginning of the game, choose an opposing character with the highest point value. At the beginning of your turn, if Archangel is within range and line of fire of the chosen character, note Archangel's current click. Then turn him to click 11. If you do this turn, when making attacks, he can only target the chosen character. At the end of your turn, return him to the noted click number. So what does click 11 look like? That gives him charge, 11 speed. Obviously, if he's within range and line of fire, then you should be able to charge him. You know, he's got flight, so it should work. He has 12 attack with super strength, 16 defense with nothing, 4 damage, with battle fury. So when he gets to his person he's obsessed with, he's just going to, you know, I got to kill this person really bad. He gets 12 attack, 4 damage, so his stats get a nice increase. If he can get an object, he can slap someone around for 6, which is always awesome, ignoring uh, shape change as well. His second trait is nothing can take away my desire for revenge. When Archangel moves at least five squares in a direct path, he can use sidestep and ESD until your next turn. So this gives him a little bit of survivability and a little extra mobility. So he can do this in kind of with his running shot or even with his charge. As long as he moves, uh, it's pretty awesome. Also gives him a little bit of sidestep to back off a little bit. So he can running shot up, shoot someone, sidestep back if he needs to, and now he has ESD uh, for your next turn, which I think is great. Uh, other than that, he normally has just six close life. He always has running shot and pen blast on his first and last two clicks. In his middle two clicks, he has hypersonic with a little bit of super senses and precision strike. He also has regen on his last two, uh, which can give you a pretty good chance at actually getting back up to top dial. So I think uh, survivability-wise, I really, really like this Archangel, and I think he's a really solid attacker as well, even though he only takes up uh, one-third of your build. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that he's a taxi, for 100 points, X-Men Taxi, and you can carry somebody out 11 squares, and as long as you move in that direct path, you've got a 20 defense from range. Um, you can actually move 11 squares, get that ESD, and then also sidestep another two squares. So, I mean, that's if you really want to get to the middle of the map for some reason. For whatever reason, you might possibly I mean, get conjure. Who knows? Yeah, on the right map, you might you might decide to do that. Maybe. Just maybe. All right. <laughs> Skipping ahead quite a bit, I'm going to go to the rare 2x2s, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the the rare red onslaught. This is Red Skull Ooh. as the onslaught. So it's Johan Schmidt. Team ability is Hydra, which is like the PD team ability. Uh, but you're not going to be playing this guy with any friendlies in sealed, so you're not going to be using that Hydra team ability in or sealed. Or are you? No, you're not. I'm sorry. Or are no. um, <laughs> you? could. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. His uh, his other dial, his 150 line, isn't terrible. So it depends on if you pull some other Hydra in sealed. Which uh, spoiler, you won't. There is no other Hydra in sealed. <laughs> um, his keywords are Hydra, Skeleton Crew, Ruler, Scientist, and Soldier. He has two traits. One is the behind-the-scenes trait, which is can't be targeted by opposing characters five or more squares away. This is great because I didn't realize until the other day when I was kind of just, you know, mulling all this stuff over. Um, if he's attacking somebody with his nine range, or even if he's just shooting at somebody from six squares away, they won't be able to theme team prob you or regular prob you yep. unless they're within that five squares or actually, they have to be within four squares. So 
if they're five or more away, they can't target him. So that means can't target him for prob, can't target him for outwit. He's not protected outwit, so that's pretty big. Um, but nine targets or <laughs> nine, nine nine targets, baby. Nine range. <laughs> Might as well just have pulse wave. What's right. going on? Uh, nine range, three targets. It's a divisible by nine. You know, three, nine, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a number. <laughs> At 300 points, you get running shot with a 12 attack Pensai. You get an 18 defense with Impervious and five damage with a special damage power, which is Mastermind. Leadership outwit. When Red Onslaught lose, uses leadership and succeeds, you may also choose an opposing character within range and a standard power. Give the chosen character an action token, and that character can't use the chosen power until your next turn. This is really good and sealed because you're going to be playing this guy at 300, I assume. Maybe you play him at 150, but you're he, recommending he has this they, power. They play him at 300, though. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I'll get to the reason why. I say 300 and just a bit, but um, he does at 150. He does start with this attack or this uh, damage power as well. But let's say you're going against, you know, five smaller characters. Being able to roll your leadership and action token a character, they don't even have to be within line of sight. They just have to be within range, which is nine, and they're going to have to get within that nine range if they want to shoot at him or target him at all because. He's got the behind-the-scenes trait. So you'll be able to action token up other characters. Then you've got your regular outwit and this uh, choose-a-standard power, and they just can't use it until your next turn. So you basically have double outwit if you make your leadership roll with this guy. Um, and his stats, the 12 for 5, 5 damage Pensai wipes out most of the single-base figs in this set. Quite unless you're paying, Yeah, unless you're paying like... 75 or more most of them die from five damage and if they don't they're hurting a lot um but we'll get to his other trait which is sentinels free if an opposing character's force has more characters than you generate a sentinel bystander so at 300 points he has a max of two and he has to activate this as free so the reason why you want to play him at 300 is because that means you're only playing the one figure in sealed, and your opponent might be playing two. And if they're playing two, that means turn one, you can free generate one of these bystanders. And then turn two, your force now has two characters, and if they have two characters, you're just stuck with that one. But you can you can let that sentinel die and then bring it back. You know, it's a free action to make right. these guys. And bystander creation is pretty good in sealed. Um you can just keep making stuff, and they have 6 range, sidestep, 10 attack, 18 defense with invuln, and 3 damage with outwit. So if you can make 2 of these guys in a sealed game, if your opponent is playing 3 characters or more, and you're able to spit out 2 of these guys, that means that your team potentially has 4 outwits on it in a, a sealed environment that doesn't have a lot of outwit to go around. And there is a little bit of power cosmic, but not a whole lot of protected outwit either. So this guy's definitely worth all 300 points. Um, he can be pen side and he can be outwitted. So he's a little bit squishy in that aspect, but you've got a long enough dial where even if they get a, 
like a big old hit on you the first time you've got that 150 point dial like backing you up where you still have four damage and you've got poison and charge and stuff and you can still make these sentinels the entire time so he's just he's one of those figures where love to pull it hate to go up against it and more often than not you're gonna have to go up against it you know this guy will probably be on a lot of teams that are in like the top cut or you know, going like three and zero at your local venues. For show, for show. I like him a lot. I'm a Red Skull fan. I enjoy uh, Captain America related characters. So as always, good to see that good old Red Onslaught is pretty darn awesome. My colossal pick was the uh, uncommon 007 Mako, Kane Mako. All right, we're done with that. Uh, he has Brother of Mutants team ability. I am also recommending you play him at 300 points, which will get you around 15 clicks of life, and here's why that's pretty darn awesome. He can move through blocking terrain immediately after resolutions, destroy all blocking terrain, move through, and blah, 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 all sorts of jazz like that. He is indomitable. He's giant size. He has three traits, my mutant brothers and sisters, which is the whole once per turn, or an effect other than clearing with his next token, heal him a click. He also has the mass destruction, which gives him traded super strength. When Dragonaut is given a move action after resolutions, destroy all adjacent pieces of blocking terrain. Then he can use Quake at no cost. So I hear destroying blocking terrain is pretty cool with this guy. Check this out. Citywide Rampage. If Juggernaut destroyed three or more pieces of blocking terrain during one of his actions, after resolutions, remove an action token from him. And I hear when you remove an action token from him, you also heal him a click. So... Juggernaut, if you get the right map. Now, I'm not always saying you will, because you probably aren't going to win the role with a zero theme. Sadly, brother uh, Jugger- Juggernaut by himself is not a Brotherhood of Mutants theme team. Uh, so, it's going to be a little bit of a bummer. But, there's quite a bit of blocking. Even on maps that uh, we played a, a quick game, we were on a muck time, or whatever the one was, where it has the flip side of it, or whatever, that has the very few... Uh, pieces yeah. of blocking even then it's i could run open. all the way over very open but even the blocking that it had i could run up to destroy that with my move and run back and then quake for free or move a token it it keeps juggernaut a healing like a boss which is awesome and even though i lost that game it was it was crazy it was crazy good i really i really think juggernaut's awesome this is 19 defense top dial he's 12 speed 13 attack and five damage so if you charge someone you can go ahead and smack them for seven uh, which is pretty darn awesome. His special defense power also keeps him up, which is pretty great. He has colossal stamina, so if you want to push him, I mean, if you aren't removing tokens from him or whatever, you can just keep attacking every turn as long as he has a special defense power. He also is invincible, and then Dragonaut has protected out, uh, sorry, in cap, mind control, outwit, and pulse wave. So they are not outwitting you're nothing. They're not going to in cap you. They aren't going to mind control you, and uh, they certainly aren't going to pulse wave you. Combine that with invincible. It's a hefty dial to chew through. His attack value never goes below 10. He has a lot of 12s, a lot of 13s, a lot of 11s. It's pretty darn awesome. I think this Juggernaut is a beast of a one-man army. I think he's just like, I honestly think if you pull him, you play him, he should be on your team. Like, I think Juggernaut is just that great. I think he's dope. Yeah. If you pull, if you somehow pull uh, Magneto and Sabretooth, the Prime versions... Maybe play this guy at 200, because then you've got a Brotherhood of Steam team. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you, if you and... somehow pull both primes, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, like, at 300, on the right map, he just never takes an action token, and he can single-target Quake for five. That's rough. It's pretty gnarly, or so I've heard. 
Yeah. I also, as far as sealed goes, he's got the highest defense that uh, it goes to without like a modifier. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also got the highest attack that it goes to without a modifier. So you're going to see 13 going into like 19 or 18. And you only need a five for those rolls. So, uh, and plus with, with super strength, that means you can deal knockback anytime it is relevant. So if you, I mean, also with quake, but I mean, you could hit somebody for seven and then also slam them into that wall or something like that. If you wanted yeah, to smack them, <laughs> hit them good. Play them on Jotunheim and you can double it up. And there's also plenty of blocking. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you win map, you got to take him to like, all right, boys, we're going underground. You know, like you got to mess with them. You got to mess with them bad. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, oh, even Muir Island has plenty of blocking to destroy. Yeah. So that was our X Men sealed primer, if you will. Those are just our thoughts and opinions on what we think will probably be pretty darn good with the set. We will be at Worlds this week in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm excited to see everybody there. If you see me, I'll be dope in the cowboy hat looking super sexy. Go ahead and stop in and be like, yo, what's up, man? Listen to the podcast. It was great. If you notice, Simeon, he will look like an actual uh, physical version of Wolverine. Not Wolverine, but like a Wolverine. Very gross, hairy uh, little thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually doing a cosplay for this. Uh, it's a surprise, so uh, oh, I, yeah? I can't I can't talk about it on the podcast. But Ooh. I will be cosplaying one of my favorite characters. So right on. That's what I like to see. It's uh, moving... my baby left. Oh wait, what? Whoa! Not allowed to. I don't think we're allowed to do that. Uh, Elvis on on the ground. Get kicked out of Graceland. Got to get all of it out as we can right That's now. Right. So as no, soon as we land, there's a the a kibosh. Here. You know the ban on. All things Elvis. Uh, they do have a, a lock on the king of rock and roll. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read us some things uh, really quick because we are a professional podcast. Uh, we're brought to you by Cool Stuff Inc. But I'm going to talk about our Patreon where if you feel so inclined, you can go ahead and jump in there. We are going to be doing uh, a giveaway. We did a giveaway for August. And the winners are, I know everybody's very... Uh, very patient and after this probably a day or two later if they haven't uh, contacted me yet i'm gonna go ahead and message them but the winner of the ring going from kind of lowest prize to the highest prize the incandescent or influence whatever the ring was is gonna be drumroll blah, blah, blah citizen peter marshfields go ahead and get me contacted my man the winner of the reverse flash and steve trevor is superfan christian bogan so once again go ahead and get me contacted and then the winner of the mammoth the grand prize for this month is gonna be i believe vigilante mock taskmaster or superhero i may be wrong but those other winners thank you guys so much for everyone that donates to patreon if you want to be entered to win these raffles i'm gonna have a ton of goodies after worlds i want to raffle away the next raffle i want to do is when we hit 50 dollars on the patreon kind of help pay for this this stupid mic i decided to buy uh, and then we can go ahead and start giving away more stuff. And, of course, uh, we are giving away stickers as our normal Patreon rewards. So we're going to get those mailed out as well. So I believe most people I have their address. If not, go ahead and message the Twitter or the Facebook with that information so we can get your sticker and prizes out to you. Moving on in the show is going to be the community section. This Community Tuesday's question, WizKids is trying, oh jeez, 
I also I guess we could have talked about their new format. Now that I think about it, now that I'm re- like reading the uh, the question, we should probably talk the, about their format. The skirmish. The skirmish. Totally, uh, that flew over my head. That should have been in news. What are we What are we doing here? Uh, I mean, I think it's too new, and WizKids has a way of not quite fully fleshing out ideas when they post stuff. Um, so I'd, I'd love to be one of the people that gets picked and gets to try out this format, oh, but I'll, I would I'll definitely be watching it. I'll be listening to like all the questions that are inevitably asked about it. But it it's another... For a little while now, WizKids has been talking about how they want to speed up the pace of the game. They want to like make the maps a little bit smaller and, you know, basically take it from like a 50 minute rounds or games to to something that just goes by a little bit quicker. And so the skirmish mode, I think, is an attempt at that. But I'm not quite sure. All right. I can go ahead. I have the rules pulled up. So uh, if you weren't aware, WizKids posted an article uh, stating they're going to try this new format. Like Simeon said, the rules are uh, skirmish format games are played on a 16 by 16 square, 2 foot by 2 foot map. These are usually Battle Royale maps, but you can also use a 16 square by 24 square map as well if you just disregard the four rows on both ends. There will be 100 possible starting squares. See the diagram attached for details, blah, 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 blah. So basically you roll 2d10. Uh, one for the 10 digits and one for the 1 digits, or something equivalent uh, to a D100 uh, dice app on a smartphone, if you will. You'll roll these 2D10 a number of times equal to the total number of characters on all starting forces. Rerolling any duplicates, for each number rolled, you will place a marker in the corresponding space with that number on the map. You can use coins, beads, action tokens, anything, poker chips. These are starting markers. You will place any object or special terrain before placing characters. But after determining the starting uh sorry but after blah, 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 but after determining the starting markers special objects and terrain will be five squares away from a starting marker which sounds like a pain in the butt to figure out and normal objects can't be placed in a starting marker each player beginning with the first player places a starting marker with one of their characters when the last player in turn order places a character reverse turn order and repeat as you would for snake drafting uh in order to place characters on the map so already super uh interesting kind of weird way of placing figures on the map players will share the same collective turn i know it's let's let's just keep reading that turn will be broken up into rounds for each player where only one player is active at a time, and they can perform one costed action and one free action within a turn, which means you can't technically prob or whatever on your opponent's turn, because you're all taking the same turn, but it's cut into rounds. So it's all one turn, but each opponent has a round in that turn, which means when you use a perplex, you literally can just use it. Well, obviously perplex or whatever, but when you use prob, you can be like, I can either hit this attack or I can prob whatever attack might be coming my way, and that is it. It's a little rough. Um, but does speed up the pace. Uh, they also get access to a bonus round, uh, right? If a player has an increase in their action total, like leadership, bonus rounds provide the same one cost of action and one free action. If a player were to have an action total plus two, they would get an additional bonus round. So something like uh, running Shooting Focus Wasp and hitting that six or uh, another leadership or Power Woman, something like that. So until all players are out of bonus rounds, after all, normal rounds and bonus rounds are completed in a turn, Players will move on to the next turn. Please note that during each turn, characters can still only perform one costed action and any free actions once, unless an effect allows. Otherwise, for example, a character that performs a move action in their first round cannot take another costed action during another round in that same turn, following the normal HeroClix rules. 
instead of scoring victory points for a character you KO, instead you will score points for each click of damage you deal. You can also score points for destroying objects that cost more than zero points, and by effects like ID cards. See the rules document attached for details on how that works. We are hoping this encourages players to get involved in the action uh, to deal damage more quickly than their opponents can. To win a game, the player will need to score 25 points or eliminate all other forces. You will win even if someone has more points if you can eliminate all other teams or have the most points at the end of a 30-minute time limit. That is the basic of it. They also have all the rules posted on their website. I'll make sure to put this in the podcast show notes for everyone. Any more thoughts on good old skirmish here? I think the ban list that they gave it was very strange. Um, Some of the characters made a little bit of sense. Some of them were completely out of left field and... I have no idea why you would ban them from any format. Uh, Batman Who Laughs is the one I'm really thinking about. I'm like, what did he do to deserve this? (laughs) I mean, he just doesn't jump out as me as something that would have been really beneficial for this format. Um, So that's the main one, but... I wonder what they're thinking when they're like, we gotta ban him. Like, but why? I'm like, you don't know yet, but he's totally Uh, broken. Like, totally, 100% broken in this format. Yeah, so this this format's kind of like a battle royale. Um, it's just, I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, I like that their whole point behind it is like, we want Hulk smash more faster. Please make <laughs> Hulk smash faster. Like, stop playing with the uh, you know tactics and with stuff. Your objects just... and getting things equipped and taking turns <laughs> and perplexing up going slow. Just fight already. Yeah, I love that little bit of it, but no, I think it's an interesting change, and I'm glad that they're experimenting a little bit. Oh. Okay, awesome. So we basically said on the community series question, uh, ooh, oh, wait, I think I've seen this one before. Whiskey's trying a new format, and so should you. What do you think would be an interesting format for competitive play? Along with it was this great meme uh, showing how frustrated I am that Whiskey did not give me my uh, X-Men animated series Nightcrawler, and I'm totally not super-duper miffed about that and incredibly angry. Nope. Go ahead yeah. and read us. I know I'll read the first one actually because we have more on Twitter. Yeah. Totally not putting Captain Venom on every team says theme teams only would be interesting. Call it comic accurate or something like that. I quite like that idea. Uh, if it was named theme teams, we'd see a lot of X-Men, Avengers, etc. If it was just theme teams overall, I think we kind of see quite a, quite a few theme teams, honestly, uh, besides Vulture teams that clearly get rid of him. Uh, but we see a lot of cosmic and stuff like that, I would say, in competitive. Yeah, I think there's enough uh, need for maps and need for like going turn one that uh, common themes or unnamed theme teams are fairly common. Um, but named theme teams definitely it breaks it down to either Avengers or X Men. Usually, Justice League can do it with the like you know the few figures they get each year. Um, really, there's not a whole lot of other stuff that is a named theme team that has a lot of love thrown at it. Right. Jason Carr says, I like restricted formats. We do one in the Pacific Northwest that is pretty much figures, special terrain, and map bonuses. No equipment of any kind or IDs. Doing this really opens up the build variety. Hmm. That is very, very interesting. Ben Jones, and here I am forgetting 
titles because I'm terrible. Protagonist Ben Jones said, getting on the Banzai Street and Sapling with the 2v2. At our Nats, we have traditionally had a 2v2 games constructed, and it can be bonkers. About half points constructed uh, from half from two sealed boosters. At a 400-point game, have 200 constructed and already, and then add 200 from sealed. Uh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, we've done similar formats around here. Um, never for like a big tournament or anything. But, I mean, you have to know the set well enough where the stuff that you build constructed will, you know, work with what you might pull. So I, I like that format, too. Uh, Rick Ryan says, characters only, nothing bigger than a peanut base, no equipment, no colossals, no call-ins. I think this would be a very interesting format to see in competitive play. So that's similar to limited. Um, I have no problem with that format. I like it. Right on. Let me go ahead and double check here. I'm pretty terrible at podcast. Vigilante. Vigilante, Bonsai Tree and Sapling said, I brought this up. I want to say, it. yeah, totally. I'm so right. I brought this up, uh, connection in previous episode, but I'd like to see two headed giants brought over from Magic the Gathering to Hero Clicks in some 2v2 game, all on one play mat. Uh, Two HG, two at a giant is traditionally sealed, but I could see it doing uh, constructed in hero clicks as well. Nice. Robin Cave says, I really enjoy boss battles of one versus a group. You get both co op and competitive gameplay together. No need to make specific figure restrictions, just give one player 300 points per opponent for it to be sanctioned, and in the event, of absent players, the boss player would be forced to build down to comply with the number of players. Another format I really enjoy playing with is a couple more casual players was horde mode. 300 each, including myself, two on one against me. They beat it up, a round of healing happens, and then I'd come in with prearranged larger force, 400, 500, etc. Keep going until we have to leave the venue I'm out of, or I'm out of preset teams. <laughs> Unrealistic for like, a sanctioned thing. Until they kick us out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these bigger games do run to time quite easily. Right. Uh, so, uh, they say it's a lot of fun. Um, and if you haven't guessed, I absolutely love taking on a group all by myself. So I've done this before with, uh, you know, like the, the colossal. Galactus or Spectre or Manhattan, you know, if you have played casual long enough at a venue, eventually this will happen where someone will take like one of those 1600 point colossals and play it like pit it against, you know, several other players. Uh, it's always a lot of fun for me. Um, every year the colossals get a little bit less potent than they used to be. So I was I was a little disappointed in the last time I played Galactus because it, he yeah. used to just he used to just dominate and it was like a real struggle to take him down and if built right there's like 300 point teams that can absolutely shred through his dial Ooh, nowadays. That's right. So Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I mean, I I don't think I've ever played a boss battle besides one time where Chris ran like the 3 Eternal or whatever, the three big uh, Eternity, Infinity, and Living Tribunal, if that's even a boss battle. Kind of not really. Um, I don't even think we ever play a boss battle up here, which is really kind of a shame. Really is. Loyal Miller said, 
I think a tag team format would be awesome. Now, I wonder personally how a tag team would work. Like, is it just like, boom, we like switch teams all of a sudden? Like, is it I tap my tag team partner and then he plays for me now? Or like, I wonder how a tag team format, like, I'm really curious to see how well that would work out. I imagine it's like uh, 2v2, but on the same map at the same time. And you, I would imagine you either alternate turns because I mean, I, I'm getting stuck on the tag team thing, like yeah. tagging the other person in. But I imagine that it's just, you know, one person goes, the opponent goes, the other person goes, the other opponent goes. Because otherwise, if you had to be like, well, I'm double tokened, I'm tagging you in. They're like, finally, it's been three turns. <laughs> All right. Brandon Roberts says, and Maverick and Azazel. Lose Deadpool and give me one of those. So this was this meant uh, it was directed towards your oh. your picture instead All of the right, question. You know what? Azazel, whatever, that's fine. But we need we need a sun uh, nightcrawler a thousand times more important. Uh, the fact nightcrawler is uh, left out still super bothers me. And I'm going to bring it up every chance I get at Worlds. Like, yeah, X-Men set's great, but, you know, there's no nightcrawler in it. So didn't Also, I mean... Maverick was really cool. We didn't get a single Shi'ar piece that I'm aware of. Uh, no Apocalypse. Um, so, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that we definitely should have gotten. That is true. It's not just nice. There's a lot left out. I would have let them completely remove Hellfire or Morlocks and give us Shi'ar and, like, Nightcrawler, Apocalypse, uh, maybe the Horseman, something like that. Oh, Horseman would have been great. All righty then, and what did I do? Clicked on it, and it made all the things disappear. Nope, here we go. Collectible, Citizen Collectible, said tag team matches. Again, got no idea those would work. Playa and Royal Rumble. Now, Royal Rumble could be a really cool way of doing things, and I'm intrigued. Like, every so often, a new figure pops in. New figure, baby. Like, it's kind of like, like reinforcements, I guess, sort of, sort of in a way, pretty much. Yeah. Right? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's like, you know, oh, who's number 30? It's Goldberg. And really, it's Unimind at full dial. And you're Ooh, like, yikes. Oh, I wonder who's going to win the Royal Rumble. It's so, it's Unimind again. That's kind of how it feels, <laughs> yeah. I always loved the, the Royal Rumbles where the guy who was in, like, the number three slot or something managed to make it all the way through. Because, you know, it was like he actually had to try rather yeah. than, like, John Cena coming in at number 29 and there's two guys that have been just getting beat on for the last two hours and John Cena like walks in and is like yeah this is real hard for me I have to fight two guys that's like every match John Cena's in ever yeah this really is difficult for me pin all right (laughs) all right Alejandro Lacayon let I let a leader I don't um, well you tried There was letters that I said. I'm sure. They said, uh, no cost equals meta. I'm not sure what that meant, but... um, That's an interesting format. I don't get how we play it, but uh, thanks for playing the game. I I think, you know, no cost equals meta. Only play figures that cost literally nothing. Yeah, I feel like... Zero point bystanders, the only thing you put on your team feel like I'm a national treasure and I have to decipher a clue. You're to like find... looking through the water bottle at a dollar bill. Like, <laughs> hmm. 
What do these bifocals I, do? I the I think might have meant like no cost equals no meta, like uh, popper maybe. Ooh, uh, popper, that's a format. I, I don't like know that one. I honestly don't know. He might have been responding to someone else too, and I just didn't put two and two together. Oh, that's a possibility. But uh, that's not what we do here, ladies and gentlemen on Twitter. <laughs> We have Rex Jungle Cat. Instead of 300 modern, use 300 open. All figures that are not on a predetermined ban list, Faust, would be allowed. It's almost like Faust doesn't take skill. Anyways, um, <laughs> ahem, ahem, uh, Gordon isn't listening to this. Even if he was, I'm sure he wouldn't care. So that is awesome. I kind of like the idea of 300 open. Um, kind of saying that there are still really good figures and really good teams you can build in Golden Age, you could make a really, really solid uh, Modern Age competitive theme team right now and disregard Faust from all Golden Age figures. Like, that's just a fact, like, for sure. So, I definitely think um, I definitely think a 300 open could, could have potential. I don't know if they would honestly be open to 300 open, uh, allowing things like that, like Golden Age back into the fray uh, after uh, some things in the past, you know, Golden Age just doesn't seem uh, something they're going to let into competitive play for a while anyways. The one thing I really love in Golden Age is the green power battery. It has a thing where opposing characters can only have one free action per turn, which if you know Unimind at all, he has to take a free action to drop power cosmic and pick up willpower and perplex. But perplex is also a free action, yeah, so... Buddy. If he chooses to drop Power Cosmic, he's just, like, stuck. And there's no other free action he can take, so he can't do his multiple perplexes. So, I like that. Um, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but somebody ran Mistress Death with Book of Skull. And Ooh, they'd, nuts. like, face her up and then free pop one of the hammers on her and she quakes for free gives him a touch of death token and you know just like rinse and repeat with like Yikes. she's got a 12 attack top dial and then when you give her a hammer she's got a 14 because that was back goodness. when resources gave you plus two uh, stats so gracious. yeah i think one of them gives you charge and there's like all kinds of shenanigans with that team so those hammers can mess a person up pretty bad yeah uh last but not least on facebook Chance McCall says, I really enjoy set-constructed events using only pieces from a specific set. And I agree because I think sometimes, uh, most of the time, WizKids builds a set with only that set in mind. They don't really think, you know, oh, could Mr. Oz potentially be good with other figures and other sets? They don't think about that. You know, they don't think... Uh, I mean... Granted, there's also Vulture plus the Ock Arms that came out in the same set. The exact same set, ladies there's, and gentlemen. There's Traitor and uh, Kobik that Ooh. came out in the same set. So maybe they just they just throw this stuff out there anyhow. But I do like the thought of that for the most part. Like I said, there's a few sets where it wouldn't really help you to like build out of just that set because... Some of the meta stuff is already out of only one set. Right. Yep. Who'd who to thunk, you know? Who'd have thunk? But I'm sure uh, there's a WizKids employee who's like, you guys don't know this, but Champion used to be wicked busted with Chase Black Panther. You don't know it now, but it was totally broken. You're welcome. I gave them the idea to fix it. You're welcome. Like, that's total possibility. <laughs> Maybe. 
Maybe, probably, maybe not. Uh, I, I have a theory that that's why, like, you'll see a character sometimes and they'll have, like, a weird restriction given to them that just makes them unplayable. And you're like, yeah. what the heck? And it's the result of someone at WizKids, like, catching it or playing against it. Like, you know, let's say they're field testing it and it keeps beating them and they're like, wow, this thing's, this thing's broken. Um, Mr. Freeze definitely shouldn't be able to deal damage and in-cap at the same time. He should only be able to outwit if they have an action token. Otherwise, he's so busted for 75 Otherwise, points. Otherwise, for 75 points, yeah. The Mr. Freeze yeah. is too good. <laughs> too good. Um, I want to say it's Isis, Isis, Ethics. I don't... I'm sorry. I don't quite know how to... I-S-Y-S. I'm terrible with names. I'll blame it on me. It's all... It's all on me, baby. Uh, kind of convoluted, but Golden Age, where modern figures cost normal. Golden Age carded figures cost 50% of the point value. Golden Age non-carded cost 25% of their point value. Uh, would be interesting to see what people put together with old figures. So I think this could work in a Golden Age cost 50% of their value if they are non-Oreo base. Because Zombie Super Scroll for, like, what is that, 70 like 70 something points like yeah 80 80 like zombie super scroll for 85 points is a little broken like a little kind of super broken um so maybe make it like golden age non-oreo dial 50 percent yeah you know, all those other oreo dials that just suck they can just keep on sucking because there's too many of them that are just still too good nowadays oh, that's like uh you could bring in copycat for you know for half the points oh, or whatever. right, yeah. And Yikes. That would ruin someone's day. That'd be on every team in that format, I have oh, to imagine. it totally would be. Copycat your vulture, baby. Let's go. I mean, she still can do that, but, like, either way, it's for way cheaper. Yeah, it'd be nuts. Um, but I, I kind of like what you have there. Like, I kind of want a house rule at some venues where it's, like, Golden Age figures that are, you know, no card should totally cost 50% at least, you know, 25% maybe, but like 50% at least because their their values are pretty terrible, except for like two or three figures like Fire Lord or, you know, whatever, who was already dumb when he first came out. Like there are just so many figures that are incredibly not worth their points um, that, you know, don't have a card. Like they're just so terribly bad. But if they were half, half that, they would just be – solid figures for their points instead of being borderline unplayable. I don't know how many Golden Age games you play, but I very, very, very rarely have a figure that has no card on the team because they either fall off just terribly bad and their, like, point cost is bloated, or maybe I just have a figure who's, like, eight, 18-something point outwit, and, like, that's it. Yeah, this, uh, this last Sunday, which would have been yesterday, I played Ooh. the Ultron from Hammer of Thor. Uh, he comes in at 174 points, and his top dial, super sweet. It's a 12 speed charge, 12 attack, pulse wave, 18 defense with impervious, and no damage power. But he's got 12 range, one target. Super sweet top dial. If you hit him to his middle dial, he gets a 16 defense with mastermind, a 9 attack with pensai, and then if you manage to keep him alive to his regen clicks, he's got a, like, 15 defense regen. Oh. And I think, like, an 8 attack Pensai or something. It's so sad. I, I mean, I had fun playing it. But once he lost his top dial clicks, he was just going down, like, every single time. That's rough. Man, that is rough. 
All right, that is everything for Community Tuesday's question. Remember, guys, we try to post a question every single Tuesday. Go ahead, give that an answer. Get your question read on the podcast. It's always tons of fun. For this week, we're going to go ahead and go into Jedi Legends Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. You don't want to sell your death sticks. I don't want to sell your death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Today we're talking about one of my all-time favorite changes that happened in 2017. Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. You're fast. Real fast. Maybe you're the fastest man or woman alive, but you can't carry an object or a person when you use hypersonic speed to attack. And then uh, he has a cool gif of the Flash running with Lady Flash or whatever the heck her name is supposed to be. I don't know. I don't watch CW because I'm not a loser. Anyways, uh, this is my... <laughs> just like Supernatural's on the CW call. Oh, that's, oh, no. I do watch the CW. Oh, I... I'm so used to watching on Netflix, I guess. Just two brothers fighting demons in a van. Not a van. It's the baby. Come on. In a car. Or whatever it is. Two brothers. It's Impala. Uh, They love each other. Two brothers. They love each other. You can hear them yell their names about a thousand times. Sam, Dean, Dean, Sammy. Where's dad? I don't know. I don't know if I can forgive you again after season five, seven, nine, and 11. Gotta quit doing this, Dean, for the 18th millionth time. You're you're reckless. (laughs) I can't believe you're willing to die for me again after the last four times. (laughs) Just two brothers. Okay, let's stop. That's enough. That's enough. There. Um, No, I absolutely love this change because I hate, I hate Mary Marvel. To my core, I hate that figure. Oh, you don't like hypersonic hitting you for seven with uh, ultra heavy? Yeah, that part really sucked. Um, What really sucked is that you could never kill her as well. And now, with all these rule changes, she is so incredibly, like, so much. Like, for 150 points, she's basically unplayable. And I freaking love it. But she was the bane of my existence when she was legal. Everybody always thinks that's a really odd pick. But no, I hated her. Um, I didn't even sell the Mary Marvels. I just destroyed them when I had them... um, uh, when I got a bunch of Hero Clicks and I had like three Mary Marvel, I just destroyed them. It felt so good. I hate Mary Marvel so much. But no, you cannot hypersonic speed with an object anymore. You can pick up an object. That's cool, but you cannot attack with it. You also can't carry a person. Just something to remember when you use hypersonic speed. No hypersonic and around some enhancement or empower. Uh, so that is awesome. Very good to know. Uh, ooh, man. That was one of my favorite rule changes of all time. And I love getting reminded that it exists, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on, this week we have a couple of birthdays in the studio. Uh, it's kind of like when you're waiting for the bus to come, and there's like none forever, and then 18 show up at once. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to read off the birthdays that I got, and Simeon can go ahead and read off the birthdays uh, he got on Facebook. Uh, Christian Bogan went ahead and written, wrote in that him and his brother-in-law, Loyal, Miller, uh, Loyal Miller's birthday is today, and his birthday is tomorrow. So I think it's actually his birthday today, um, September 9th. Oh, whatever. Nine is the name of September or the whatever. It's September 2nd is Christian Bogan's birthday. Loyal Miller's was September 1st. So happy birthday to you guys. And then what were the birthdays over on Facebook? Uh, just Jeff Poyer's uh, son is turning 17 tomorrow, which will be September 3rd. He said his uh, favorite memory with him it was his first time playing Hero Clicks. It was on a Sunday. They were having some time out and about, and they stopped in at the comic shop and saw there was going to be a Heroclix game later that day. So they popped back in and played in the event, and they've been playing ever since. Right on. Well, let's go ahead and give them a sexy Arabian birthday. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! 
Once again, if you want to have a birthday of a loved one or someone else you know on the podcast, go ahead and write in, and we'll give them a happy Arabian birthday. We have a couple of messages we got here in the mailbag, a couple of questions. We're going to go ahead, and I'm going to actually start off with Ben Jones this week. Uh, sorry. I always, I always forget to do this. This is like the eighth time I forgot to do it. And he's like sitting there in upside down land. And he's like, how dare you? Our protagonist, Ben Jones. He's like, you, we should fire Calder again and just get Chris back. Uh, no, but uh, he goes ahead and we're going to talk about some team abilities. I think team abilities are awesome. But they also need a lot of work. So which is your favorite? Which is the worst? He says his favorite. Uh, and which would you change? Finally, should there be any others added? So his favorite is S.H.I.E.L.D., and he really just loves it. He does dislikes Superman enemy. He believes Spider-Man should be changed uh, to give you, like, instead of wild card, improved movement and improved, uh, like, hindering and elevated. And then he said he should create Marvel Knight team ability Simeon. What's your favorite team ability? What's your least favorite team ability? Oh, well, my favorite used to be Mystics because you'd play these squishy little Mystics guys. And, I mean, there was ways to bust it, but you'd normally play this squishy little Mystics guy. And the one saving grace was, if you attack me, you're going to take an unavoidable. And the rules change, you know, the Fire Nation attacked on that one. So, you know, it's, it's no bueno anymore. Um, my favorite team ability has got to be the uh, Sinister Syndicate team ability or the Batman Ooh. enemy team ability. Sharing those attacks. Um, that's always sweet when you when they finally release somebody who's got a 12 attack and you're just like, yes gonna wild card this gonna you know do all kinds of crazy shenanigans uh devin had a he had a team build video back when adw was still new with purple man uh sharing lady shiva's 12 attack and Ooh. like bumping him up to like a 15 for his crazy mind control thing because uh, i think he's got a nine on his on his stats so it was pretty interesting but that's my favorite my absolute least favorite is the Avengers team ability, and it's a DC correspondent, which I think is Justice League. Yeah, it's Justice League, and, yeah. Um, and Star Trek, it's the Federation, or whatever. I don't remember. It's not the Federation. It's, uh, it's you know, it's the Star Trek guy, the good guy one. Yeah, those guys. And it's just a plus one speed. It used to be uh, move actions didn't count towards your action total, which was way more cool at, you know, getting your team mobilized. You could move 12 people out there, and now it's just plus one speed, and it doesn't even work with charge or running shot, so it's it's if you're carrying somebody, you get plus one, I guess, yeah, and that's the, the one saving grace. Actions. Yeah, the Avengers is super lame. My all-time favorite team ability, um, I gotta give a shout-out to Hydra slash PD. I think those team abilities are awesome. I love it. I love ganging up on people, shooting them, getting their defenses super low, and then kind of on the opposite end of that, I love, love, love the Outsiders freaking team ability. I think it is awesome taking away stat bumps or making sure no one can take yours away uh, when you have abilities that may modify your defense negative two if you do something or whatever. I, I freaking love the Outsiders. I think it's an awesome team ability. Um, my least favorite, and the only reason I've ever used it recently is because there's just so much X-Men, uh, but it's the X-Men team ability. I... I'm not in love with the trade-off. I'm 90, probably like something, whatever, 66, something, whatever percent. And I'm probably just going to take a damage for healing you. It kind of sucks. Um, and then you heal in one click. And it feels kind of like a waste of an, an action to do a lot of the time, honestly. So not a huge uh, X-Men uh, team, uh, team ability fan. Uh, did you say what team ability you would change? 
I'd change. You said Avengers, Mystics. right? Or Mystics. I'd probably oh, change Mystics back me. or Avengers back. So I mean, I'm psyching out here. Honestly, like, I honestly don't think that Mystics was busted when it was copyable and unavoidable. If they really wanted to rein it in, then you could make it one way or the other. Uh, I know other people have said the same exact Instead thing. Instead of getting rid of both, yeah. Yeah, either uncopyable and unavoidable, or copyable and penetrating. Um, gotcha. But I the think fact copyable that it's... and trying to penetrating copyable would be fine, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I said I was going to go change uh, the Green Lantern team ability. I know it's technically the Honor Guard, uh, but let's just scrap the Honor Guard part. Let's just make it a Green Lantern team ability. Let's just have it give you willpower and basically the Green Lantern willpower damage power, which is the outwit perplex four through six. They don't get targeted with it or whatever. The Passenger 8, when they can all already fly on Green Lantern, and it's like, it's so useless. The pa- I do not like the Passenger 8 thing, like, at all. I know changing the team ability would, like, totally ruin a ton of figures that already exist, but it should just be willpower, and then on out with Perplex, roll D6. Like, that's what the Green Lantern team ability should be, and then just each Green Lantern should just have it. All right. Um... One that should exist is Invaders. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Invaders got the Defender's team ability when they would make them. I think Invaders can be very simple and just be like, ignore characters for movement. Just something super simple like that. Just like Invaders, we're invading, we're just running around, running through yeah, it. Like, that, uh, that shared trait where it was like, move through smoke or barrier and it disappears afterwards or whatever. Yeah, but like, I never got that to work ever in my entire life. So, I mean, maybe if, some, if anybody else got to pull that off, that'd be cool, but... uh. Oh, I just never Invaders. played those terrible, terrible figures. Oh, yeah, they were also not good. <laughs> so let's get a new Invaders team ability or maybe a new shared trait in the uh, the amazing Captain America and the Avengers set that totally needs to exist. So thank you, protagonist Ben Jones, for those questions. Moving over to the Facebook side of questions, we have a Malcolm Rush question block. Japan? Japan? No, 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 no. I can't go to Japan. That's right. We can't all go to Japan. Let's talk about shifting focus trait characters that can keep changing to other heroes versions of that character. He said, also remember stuff like Morph or for Beast Boy and Ant-Man. There was also a Punisher that had weapon swap, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, And those are kind of like it for early versions of shifting focus. I want to say Beast Boy, Ant-Man, Punisher. I think think that's really about it. They tried some like proto stuff that was similar to shifting focus, but... It was never free action up until shifting focus. It was always like a power action or move action or something like that. So we have the best and worst and favorite uh, hero clicks. So just give us your best hero clicks that uses the shifting focus trait, in your opinion, the best hero clicks. The best one, in my opinion, uh, I might have got these switched around. But the best, in my opinion, was the Doctor Strange from ADW. So he had a common, uncommon, and rare I don't remember which was which. I know the rare was the attacky one, the one that was all attack yes. bonuses. Yeah, attack um, bonuses. One of them was the like super beefy defense one. You know, like solid. Like I'm standing here. You know, I won't back down. That one. Uh, and then one was the like team transport one, where he had like a high speed and you know he's easier to hit and stuff. I really liked this one because his defense was if a friendly character got hit, then they could uh, heal one afterwards. And this was great with stop-click figures. So you would play him with, like, Man-Thing on a mystical team. And 
basically your opponent had to kill Strange first because they'd hit Man-Thing to his stop click, and then Strange, if he was on his defense, shifting focus defense one, then Man-Thing would just pop off of his stop click, and you'd have to you know rinse and repeat again. And so that was really annoying. Um, and then his attack bonus one was really solid. Uh, so that's my that's my best. My worst, wow. I said Wasp from the same set, the ADW Ooh. Wasp. I just, she's cheap enough that you'd think she's not bad for the points, but I just, she just doesn't have the range. She doesn't have the mobility. She just never really pulled anything off for me. She always ended up getting like slapped really hard and just disappearing right away. Uh. And then my favorite has got to be the Deadpool. We just had so many options for Deadpool and he had a ton of really cool sculpts. He had a ton of really cool powers that you could go between, um, playing against somebody who had every single one sidelined they'd always have to take like 10 minutes to figure out which was <laughs> the best for their situation they'd be like do i want tiny one do i want the pensai one do i want you know the phase away one like what do i want so that was mine all right so it's kind of tail end that my in my opinion the best shifting focus uh, to me is deadpool i think he has survivability. He has support. I mean, like, it's amazing. He has crazy good movement with the uh, the X-Force one. I, I really love that shifting focus Deadpool. So he actually is the best one, in my opinion. Uh, worst, I was honestly bouncing between Batman and Superman. Because Batman has, like, one really good one. And then, like, the rest are, like, not good. And then Superman is just, like, meh for, like, all of his. Um, so I was kind of tied between them and then favorite, uh, is definitely Captain America. Uh, he also almost made best in my opinion as well, just cause I really like the offensive capabilities and the defensive capabilities of the, uh, the shifting focus Captain America figures. Number two, which version of each of your choices above do you like to start with in a game and why? All right. So I always started with the Sheriff Strange that carries, um, that was usually like a linchpin in the team that I'd build around him. He'd have to like carry two figures up. So I think he carried two. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I would always start with him. And then instantly, as soon as I was done carrying, I'd do the free action and switch to the defense one. Um, then the wasp that I would start with when I did play that was the one that had like the 19 super senses. Cause I think she was also tiny. So from range, she was a 20 with, super senses and that was usually enough to make people think twice before trying to shoot it um and then i always started with the the rare phasing deadpool the one that could you'd roll a d6 and he'd phase like that many squares for free yeah. and he had like 12 movement on top of that so he was just super high mobility you could get pretty much anywhere on the map with him Right on. I also agree with the Deadpool one. I would always start off with that rare Deadpool and then maybe shift into one that had sidestep or something. Um, for Captain America, it totally depends. Uh, it's normally a theme team I'm building around, so I kind of have to start with whatever character has Avengers, Shield, or Howling Commandos, or whatever name theme team I'm building. Um, but normally, if it's a non-theme team, I would start with the uh, Electro kind of phasey shield Captain America, since defensively he has toughness, shape change, and he can get plus one to his defense or block line of fire to him with the shield token. So that's probably uh, the one I would go to start with. Um, so yeah, number three is do's and don'ts to run a shifting focus character for competitive and or fun games. All right, so... My main thing, I don't. If you're running these competitively, 
uh, you know something that I don't. Um, you yeah. could definitely competitively do it in like sealed if you manage to pull multiples of a shifting focus character. That's super solid and sealed usually. Um, otherwise, I, I just there's not one that sticks out to me that would be great in seal or in uh, competitive play other than that Deadpool. Um, just because there was one that had X Men team ability and he could boost their stats and stuff. So I know he got played. But overall, uh, for shifting focus, you need to know the pace of the game. You need to know... You, you only get the one free action a turn, so you need to know, like, are my opponents double-actioned? Are they going to be able to attack me? Do I need to have a high defense this turn? Or do I need to go all out and go with, like, the more attack-heavy one and close the gap and really hurt them? Do I need to maybe switch back to, like, the the taxi version and like carry my guys away. Um, vision had one that was highly mobile and one that was like a brick wall. And so you'd move up with the highly mobile one and switch into the brick wall one because you know, your opponent could smack him, but he wouldn't die right away. So that's, that's pretty much my only insight as to running shifting focus is know like know what you need in the certain moment. It's kind of like a pick a power figure, just a little bit toned down, a lot toned down, I should say. Yeah, um, I kind of—it's more of the same. Like I've been lucky enough to pull Shifting Focus Electra, um, the uncommon and the cool shooty uh, one, where she can kill a bunch of stuff and then kill more stuff. Um, and those are great. Like you just have to like decide like right away. Like well, one has stealth combat reflexes that's obviously better defensively, and then one has running shot with range and pen blast and whatever, and that's obviously better defensively. So it's just really kind of simple stuff like that. Like I mean, Deadpool, if you're moving him like crazy far out, you might want to shift him to the one that heals after he takes damage. You know, stuff like that. It's it's really just about reading the room, uh, <laughs> reading the room like it's an event, but like figuring out like what what's good what's bad like on your turn you know like you're ending your turn you're like you know what i attacked that's great and all um i need to do some more defensive stuff and then on the next turn whatever and, you know it'd be nice if you totally shift and be attack and then okay switch from defense back to defense blah, blah 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 but you can't always do that it's just one free action you can do each turn so that's kind of based kind of what just reiterating what Simeon said number four the characters that already have shooting focus traits what other versions would you want whiz kids to add uh to round out that character example like batman had the first shooting focus that was in world's finest and they added another one uh in elseworlds Simeon. so i i picked uh three that didn't have a ton of shifting focus already um deadpool was it was like oversaturated in that set. Oh yeah. If you wanted to collect them all, it was kind of rough. It was like you know, there was a lot of shifting focus in that set. Um, so I picked uh, the Punisher from ADW. There's only two. There's the one that had the rocket and had the cool energy explosion thing with it, and then there was the one that was like stealthy with a knife, and so that was cool. I think it would have been cool if there was one with less damage but like running shot. Um, maybe one that didn't have blades but had like exploit and charge so maybe like you know tone it down with uh, the damage but make them a little bit more mobile and then the black panther from adw he was super cheap 30 points you got the stealth one without wit and i think combat reflexes and then you got the charge blades one um, that he could shift into it would have been cool if there was one that had like a leadership since that's like a big thing you know he's like the king of wakanda you know 
Uh, he's kind of a leader. Something like that. Or so uh, I heard. <laughs> he's also really smart. So, I mean, to go along with the outwit, if there had been a 30-point option to shift into, like, perplex, that would have been neat. Um, stuff like that. Uh, maybe on the vision, when he only got two, uh, you would have had the move one, the defense one, and then there really wasn't... I mean, the one that was solid, I think he had close combat expert. Yeah. But... Um, he only had sidestep with it, which, I mean, I guess that's the best you can ask for with it because you can't really charge in close combat experts. Yeah. So, uh, no, if he had something like running shot Pensai or, you know, just did more vision things, like maybe like the ghost realm thing, like if like he phased through somebody. Like times in one movie. Well, you know, nice go movie. back in time and die again, you know. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, that Punisher is a big one for me because you just get two extremes, rocket launcher or knife, you know, like that's it. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm just either going to stab you or I'm just going to destroy, like blow you completely up. There's no just like pew pew shotgun or like pistol. Like that's kind of what I liked about the, uh, the weapon kind of swap one is like it had a bunch of mediums as opposed to just two extremes, stabby knife or just grenade launcher, RPG sort of thing. Uh, I would have to add, yeah, no surprise here, uh, to Captain America. I thought, yeah, sure, we kind of have the three base shields, and that's kind of how they're going with it. But Captain America is such a diverse character and how much he's changed over the years. Like, just looking at my shelf, pretty much every single Captain America is completely different in all the ones we've gotten recently and throughout time. Like, the 75-point Hydra Cap could have been a shifting fo- – I know it's not the same, technically, Steve Rogers, but – uh, he could have been a shifting focus figure. It also fits the whole bill. And he almost has the exact same sculpt as they do anyways. Uh, and also with just a different shield. We could have also had a Cap Wolf version. There was a Secret Wars uh, story where he was Cap Wolf. Uh, so that had been really cool. They, we could also have gotten a The Captain version where he kind of wore a suit similar to U.S. Agent. And we could have gotten a Nomad version just to name a few and these are all characters i hope we round out in the upcoming captain america set adding more to the shifting focus to me would be huge uh number five which combo characters or non-combo characters specifically naming wwe should get the shifting focus treatment if so which versions slash powers would you include with different shifting focus characters name at least two or more versions uh, of that character that you would want so just going off the wwe alone um, you have like multiple decades for a lot of WWE mainstays. So like Triple H started off with, you know, like his fancy boy Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And then he went to like the DX phase, which was like the, the like nineties edgy, cool guys, you know, we're, we're anti-establishment guys. Um, and then he went to like his corporate phase and, uh, stuff like that. Um, a lot of, WWE guys could be unmasked and masked versions. Um, what you, and the thing that you would really change with these guys would be like their tactics. So the big one would be like for NWO. Uh, if you take Hulk Hogan for instance, before NWO, Hulk Hogan was a babyface, which is you know what the crowd wants to see win usually. Right. Um, and so he just very very rarely ever lost. He would always Hulk up. Like, he had his, like, five big moves. He had the power slam, the, like, leg drop, and he'd always get out of, you know, submissions by just, like, shaking his arms a lot. <laughs> and uh, somehow that worked. Um, Shh, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> don't think about it too hard. It's real to me. Um, 
but in in his NWO years, he was more like calculated and he wasn't as tough as he used to be, but he could still pull out a win if, you know, if he tricked the other guy or if he like, you know, was sly enough, you know, the bad guy in those situations. So that would be like the one, the big difference, um, like biker undertaker versus Ooh, mystical yeah. force undertaker. So like biker undertaker was just this uh, guy that would roll in with a bike and he looked like a biker. Like he looked like someone that would roll into Sturgis. You wouldn't imagine totally. that he oh, yeah. also wore like a cloak and stuff like a 10 the, years before hat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so biker undertaker was like this bare knuckle brawler that would, you know, like throw a bunch of punches and like toss the guy around and stuff. And he didn't do like the sit up thing that the uh, dead oh, man yeah. undertaker did as often. He wasn't this like unstoppable force as much. He was a much more real human um, in those storylines. And then you could shift him into like a slower moving, you know, more powerful, harder to kill, but like slower kind of figure. Um, so that's just for WWE. And then something I'd really like to see some shifting focus for would be Green Lanterns. They kind Ooh. of did it with the constructs, but I'd love to see Green Lanterns that could go, you know, like they, they I guess they also did it with the Green Lantern from uh, Batman animated where he can pick at the beginning of the turn if he's got close combat expert or ranged combat. Oh, yeah. Sure. So I'd like to see one that is like strictly barrier and it's a barrier that can't be broken through unless maybe the character has like four damage instead of three. Um, like to see one that's like the team taxi and can carry flyers because if you're carrying somebody in a big green bubble, why does it care if like, why does it matter if they have wings, you know? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you got your range combat piece, your close combat piece. Um, not really like a ton of support for green lanterns, but yeah, barrier, taxi and then the combat pieces i'd like to see a joker that is got like a leadership heavy dial um like behind the scenes mastermind outwit leadership kind of thing and then one that's also got like his poison close attack you know uh, maybe like gadgets his like little chatter teeth and his uh laughing yeah. fish and stuff like that iron man i think would be the easiest because he uh. just has you know <laughs> an entire armory of all these different suits. It's so our first overlap. Yeah, you stole one of mine. I, I mean, I yeah. figured Iron Man's been overdue because. He, oh yeah, for sure. He just has so many opportunities. Uh, just watching like Iron Man three, where he like pops out all these random suits for different like tasks. Um, you have one that's like a tank, one that's you know, got really good range but doesn't do a lot of damage. One that's like medium range but does better damage. One that's got penetrating, one that's got energy explosion. I mean, the list goes on. And there's kind of like the extremist Iron Man that did away with all that because it could just do everything. But I think shifting focus is a better method because it's uh, cheaper. You know, you cut yeah. the point value in half and he can't do it all at once. And then the, my last but, you know, not least is uh, Hank McCoy. I think Beast should have shifting focus so you can have the brawler Beast and you can have the smart beast. You can have one that, you know, which we kind of got in Regenesis. You've got one that can, uh, depending on if you're Jean Grey school, then you can out oh, yep. Perplex or you can have Battle Fury plus one stats. And that's kind of what I want 
but I don't want to have to be on a certain theme for it. So that would be my my main change for him. Okay, right on. Uh, for WWE, the first one that comes to mind is uh, no surprise anyone. I've been complaining about it or talking about it for like ever since we got WWE. But uh, Sting, I think it'd be really, really like perfect for that. Also, super easy. Just change his face paint pretty much every time, and then change a little bit about his uh, his costume. And that's like really you could do classic, um, like you could do Surfer Sting, kind of that retro look, the teaming up with Ultimate Warrior sort of style. You can do. Uh, the normal, like, Scorpion, kind of the Crow Sting style. You can do Wolfpack Sting. I think Joker's Sting could be really cool. Um, that was probably one of my one of my favorite iterations where he was just insane with the sort of Heath Ledger uh, style Joker makeup he had. And I think every time you shift into that one, you could, like, roll a dice and see wherever he lands on his dial just to show how, like, wacky and wild and crazy uh, Sting, Sting was at the time. Like, that'd be really cool. Uh, so he'd be my main WWE pick. Uh, for everything else, I think Bucky, honestly, could be a really a really good pick. Uh, from being uh, Bucky in World War II to being the Winter Soldier to being Captain America, I think that would be really, really, really awesome. I think Spider-Man is long overdue uh, for a shifting focus version. Uh, symbiote Spider-Man, you know, he had the metal armor in the 90s. He had the shocker armor. I mean, if you play Spider-Man PS4, you see how many stupid suits this guy's got? Like, man, all you do is shoot webs and have like pretty good strength and stick to walls like okay there's spider-man you we know, did get the uh, we got the identity crisis ones but yeah know, we definitely time, need the, the, the better time. ones because that was yeah identity crisis was not a good time for peter no not a good time for peter parker uh and then even like a heavy like just shift into peter parker but like a really really good reporter peter parker you know would be also really 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 cool for spider-man so those are my picks i was at iron man uh but we already kind of went into that number i want to say six is best worst and favorite sculpts of shifting focus hero clicks do you like uh but kind of before we answer this i am gonna let him go first but it's kind of tough i found it to choose because the majority of shifting focus all share the same sculpt a lot of the time and sometimes they're also not that dynamic because they're all commons uncommons or rares which is kind of a bummer in the shifting focus line of things but uh with that simian go ahead yeah i cheated on this one because of that fact what a cheater so a cheater. <laughs> i went with the uh the rare deadpool again because he's in that like jump pose with the multiple bullets coming out of his like a uh, little mac 10 or whatever uh, his little like submachine gun thing He's yeah. got that, that cool sculpt. Um, so I said that one was the best one. Um, whether you've got the X-Men outfit or the uh, X-Force outfit, either one I think is really cool. Worst, in my opinion, is Black Panther because he's just like slightly hunched over and holding a hand up. And I'm like, yeah, he, he could be... I mean, they could have just given him a knife for the close combat blades one. Or put little claws on his hand, or does he use a knife though? Like no, I mean he stab he, people. It's definitely like got. the claws part of Blade's claws fangs. Um, maybe he bites him. I don't know. I'm not gonna judge, but uh, it's it's a terrible sculpt either way. Um, and then I cheated on the last one. Oh my goodness, uh, this guy! <laughs> I said the Tangent Green Lantern from Elseworlds because mm. they they had the from another world trait, which wasn't shifting sure. focus. It was, sure. you know, if another character with like this uh, trait is on your sideline or something like that, 
you can swap them in. And the Tangent Green Lantern's super cool. She's all mystical and has a little lantern. So that's why I went with that one. That's why I what a, bent the rules. What a cheater. What a cheater on these questions. What a cheater. Hey, all right. Watch my die rolls. Uh, <laughs> let me roll those dice. Let me let me roll those. Okay. Don't look at them too close. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, best, I went with, kind of also with Deadpool, but I went with Bathrobe Deadpool. I really liked the bunny slippers, I liked the bathrobe, and I liked that they changed the comic book for whatever team he was on. Heroes for either uh, X-Force or X-Men. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, so just for the variety there, it was really cool. Uh, worst, I went with uh, Elseworlds Superman. Uh, he's like reaching for the, the jug of milk in the back of the fridge. Where is it? I'm reaching off into the distance. Reaching, I'm like, okay. That's not very Superman, but okay. And... Uh, then my personal favorite is, I mean, obviously it's it's Captain America. Even though it's super boring, they're all in the same pose and they just the shield changes, but they look really cool in a row together, which is what I really like. Kind of actually really dig the aesthetic of them all doing the same pose, but the shield being different. I actually have a 3D printed uh, one by three uh, Heroclix tray that I have in my car, and they're kind of on the dash of my car, all three Captain Americas, and they just look really really uh, cool together. So it's probably my favorite sculpt, and those are. All of Malcolm Rush's questions this week. Thank you so much uh, for sending those in. Well, with everything wrapped up and we're excited and rearing to go to Worlds, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody listening to the Dial H for Hero Clicks podcast. I want to remind you, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at gmail.com. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. For all of your listening pleasure. And if you want to join the giveaways and get stickers and all sorts of other cool stuff, go ahead for even a dollar a month. Go ahead and join the Patreon. And Simeon, do you want to go ahead and read us out of here? Yeah. Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. And if you're quick enough, you might get that Ooh. Labor Day sale that's 15% off. And if you're slow enough, you can always use dial 5 to get 5% off. That's right. All right, everybody. Happy trails.